Welcome to the Bucket List Project podcast, a weekly show that talks about stories from my pursuit of nomadic lifestyle around the world, interviews with interesting people who I've met in this journey, and a generous dose of thought-provoking conversations around travel as a lifestyle choice. If you love to listen on topics revolving around travel, then this will be a perfect companion for the ride to office, your morning jog, or in general, when you're winding down for the day. We will have new episodes releasing every Friday. So do share and subscribe to our podcast and get your weekly share of travel inspiration. In the Indian context, the break year or gap year is mostly associated with preparing for competitive exams, be it IIT, NET or NEET after 12th standard or CAT, UPSC after graduation. But it is never associated with travel uh, as far as I know. Some of it is also stemming from the fact that, you know, completing education is a guaranteed stepping stone to affluence and uplifting your family's quality of living. So a lot of people focus to take break here uh, for studying and it is perfectly fine. And especially if your socioeconomic background compels you to do so. We have had our parents' generation that has seen the struggle and for most of us millennials as well, the struggle has been real. Uh, so the break year is always associated at best with studying and not indulging in anything else. But does uh, Gen Z have a similar socioeconomic barriers? I increasingly see that the Gen Z is continuing to have a comfortable cushion of not having to support family at home economically to start with. Uh, they have more opportunities at workforce where skills are valued more than the educational background. And um, they also have many more uh, opportunities in terms of the fields of studies or fields where they can get jobs, right? So with this context, you would like to believe that uh, break year and travel uh, would become a very big proponent in India like how it is in the Western world. But I'm pretty surprised that the concept of break year and travel has not picked up uh, among this generation. Uh, and at least this is my reading. I'm a very strong proponent for break year in a young adult's life. Uh, because uh, I believe uh, it is a period of picking up real life skills and independent decision making. Uh, there are many vocal advocates for this concept, including educational institutes like Harvard, which allow for gap year in their admissions and not demonize it. Uh, even when we take hyperactive startup ecosystems, which talk about, you know, giving in all in and spending a lot of time, Steve Jobs and Elon Musk, the poster boys, have had break years in their very formative years. They have mentioned enough number of times in mainstream media how this break has transformative changes to the thoughts as young adults. And, and if you take countries uh, where you have to serve military compulsorily post turning 18, gap year is almost a ritual between military service and university. Uh, I, I have seen a lot of people in the last 12 months uh, who have treaded this path globally. Uh, one thing I can say uh, with a lot of confidence is that they seem to be very, very clear, mature and confident individuals and they know what they want to do in terms of their lives. Uh, professional success obviously is a subjective matter, but I can see that these adults know how to build a fulfilling life for themselves uh, in whatever profession they pick up. Uh, but all of these that I've seen are mostly Westerners. 
Why is this not an acceptable behavior in India? I sometimes think uh, traditionally held belief uh, around milestones in India is one of the main reasons for this. And I think it definitely uh, requires a rethink. You know, by 18, finish high school, by 22, finish graduation, by 25, 26, post-graduation, by 28, get married, and by 30, have kids. By all means, these are very important milestones, uh, and I completely subscribe to them. But if they get deferred by one year or two, it does not make huge difference in larger scheme of things. I can say this with assurance, having seen how India has transformed in the last 10 years, that these one or two years is not going to make a big difference in your life. And the opportunities which you feel you will lose out because of break here will always come knocking at your door. To make this perspective more relevant, I have a special guest on this podcast who took a very bold step of, uh, you know, taking a break here and travel right after his graduation or probably like 10 months after his graduation. His break year came with a mission to learn life skills, which he felt he could not have got from a paycheck life. And uh, he calls himself, initially he called himself the Lone Wanderer, but now he calls himself the Misfit Magellan. Um, and his first mission as per, uh, uh, after right after his break year was to set out on a 180-day road trip around India. And um, there was a purpose to his travel and it gave him immense exposure to a lot of real life skills. The success of first mission made him think bolder and bigger. Uh, he went on longer bike trips, but now uh, around Southeast Asia, then Europe and finally North and South America. What started as 180 days became almost five year journey for him. Slowly. Uh, his story became an inspiration for a lot of corporate brands and media as well who wanted to associate with him. Eventually, he returned back from his break here and now enjoys a successful career back in India. He continues to tell stories through his new profession, uh, but now for corporate brands or for bigger uh, art houses. I'm keen to unravel his life story and perspectives on break here for our audience. Be rest assured. All of this will come with a lot of interesting anecdotes and stories all through the podcast. So please stay tuned. Hi, uh, I'm Srinath Shankar, your host, a party scuba instructor, co-founder of Pick Your Trail, India's fastest growing leisure travel brand, a digital nomad and a soul travel proponent. Today's topic of podcast is normalizing break here for the Gen Z. Uh, I'm going to be joined by Rohit Subramaniam, who also calls himself the Misfit Magellan. Uh, his perspectives on break year are very unconventional, yet very relevant for the young adults today, is what I assume. Uh, we will try unraveling his mind, get a sneak peek into what his thought process was when he embarked on this journey. Uh, hi, Rohit. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, hey, hi, Srinath. Good to meet you. <laughs> Good to do this. Super yeah. excited. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, yeah, I, I've known you for almost six years now, 2017. 2017. Uh, it's a great pleasure to host. Yeah, it, it's a great pleasure to host you on the show and bring your story to our audience. Uh, first, before all of this, let's establish uh, the credentials. Do you still qualify as Gen Z? Uh, no, <laughs> I'm uh, 94 born. <laughs> you know I don't relate to Gen Z at uh, all. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> one generation. Okay, borderline. 
borderline borderline uh, i mean but yeah, i'm the boomer borderline you can give advice because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah because anything that is tagged as advice the people call them boomer but i hope this is going to be not anything like that uh, it's going to be much more interesting i can guarantee that yeah and uh, let's not so, put this as advice what? let's put this as uh, perspective uh, or life lessons that we kind of went through in our early 20s right or whatever so we can keep it that way Uh, you're still young okay don't make it sound like very old people talking this in this podcast and giving life advice true 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 uh, okay yeah. um you know i know that you're a huge movie buff uh so if you uh, can you know kind of introduce the entire concept of you going into a break year and how how did it all of this happen as a crisp trailer um how can you go about doing it i'm expecting a lot of drama action and maybe romance also ayyo there is very little romance i think in the thing the romance has always been with the motorcycle and the road <laughs> i feel uh but a crisp trailer okay i mean it, it won't be a crisp trailer but a very interesting trailer i would say uh i mean the whole story imagine this the whole story starts with uh, in 1994 when i was born when my dad basically was in hubli i was born in chennai my dad took a motorcycle because there was no other means to reach me at that time and he rode all the way to chennai to see me for the first time right so the love for motorcycling and traveling started the day i was born so my dad takes all the credits for this right um nice and uh, the moment i kind of turned uh, 18 i moved to bangalore for my college and i was in bangalore and the first year i had a semester break that's when i did the first travel and uh, that's the first time i ever rode a enfield i fell in love with it uh, in the himalayas and um, the journey never stopped after that yeah i just could keep riding around the world and there was a lot of uh, open roads there were a lot of gravels there was a lot of uh, interesting human stories that i encountered along the way met a lot of people ate a lot of food got a lot of perspective and uh, yeah i think that that would be the entire narration of the trailer of what the journey has been overall great so uh, you know kind of let's get real now uh, you know the concept of break year is still a luxury in india considering the socio economic background and the mindset of a lot of people um and uh, you you were fortunate enough to do it uh, you know probably one year out of college uh, and uh, do you consider yourself privileged how do you normalize this break year for today's youth and can you make it uh, relatable with your own story of how this break year actually happened and what was it all about sure i think uh, definitely privileged right i mean i'm i'm still i had a decent living i'm not a very upper class background but like a middle class chennai boy who grew up in chennai and all of that uh, but i think travel has always been something that's second nature to me uh, right parents uh, always let me travel alone because they were they're also independent travelers even today if i have to ask uh, dad to say you have a meeting in delhi he says uh, can i drive all the way from chennai to delhi uh, he won't think about the flight or the train right so that's how the upbringing played a huge role i feel uh but for me what happened was uh, i was in college i finished college but uh, by the end of college i was running my own startup third year of college i was running my own startup it's called fund my dream it was called fund my dream which is a crowdfunding platform for creative people to basically uh, raise money for their projects right and uh, one fine day i was sitting at starbucks i was kind of thinking what am i doing right i mean i am i'm 22 at that time 21 22 at that time and i was like 
I think we should just get out from this monotony and start doing something. And uh, it 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 sounds silly, it sounds funny, but it was that impromptu, in the sense that I literally went the next day, gave up my company to my co-founder, and I said I'm just going on a road trip. And at that time, my bank balance was uh, close to five thousand rupees, and that's what it that that that's all it was, right? Uh, but eventually i figured the way this was 2016 january 2016 is when i started so i basically quit around october or whatever so from then october 2015 to january 2016 i kept uh, basically figuring out how to make this trip happen and the trip was pretty much to do india for 8 months right so that is my personal anecdote in terms of how i did the travel but in the larger sense for people i think it's very important yeah because for me the first time i ever thought about a break here was right after school right where uh, i just wanted to take a year off and just travel around uh, india on a motorcycle again but mom at that time had a lot of ideas she said if you're doing this i think you should do it a little bigger right you should not just do india you should just take uh, go a little more in terms of going around the world seeing more things and everything so we kind of said okay let's finish college and then get to this so i think parents played a huge role in that but uh, is it possible for today's generation 100% yeah right like it's it's something that i really encourage people to do because uh, the world view that you have being in one city kind of grown up with a bunch of people it's all very small fraction i say and the moment you kind of experience and explore yourself to the rest of the world and kind of see more people from around the world it helps you to give again perspectives from different lenses okay right? and that i'm just going to pause helps. here can you help us double click a bit on the decision itself uh, of taking a break here uh, how did the decision happen what was your purpose of that decision so that people can relate to it when they are actually about to take that decision sure i think for me when i had to take the decision it was very simple yeah i wanted to basically take a break from the monotony of life that i was living in so my life was this right i used to wake up i used to uh, get ready go to work i used to come back home i used to watch a movie and go to bed right you can pick any random date uh, in a year and i would be doing the same thing there was no difference at all right so for me that was the trigger i said if at some point if someone is going to if i'm going to ask myself this question that uh, on february 15th in 2017 what were you doing right i wanted the answer to be very different than what i did on february 15th 2018 or 19 right so that's how the decision came about it was not it was very selfish it was very selfish to the sense of saying hey i want to basically learn and unlearn a lot of things that i've kind of gone through in my life so let me kind of break out of this monotony and see what the world has to offer and that's how simple it was okay and uh, what was your purpose did you have any purpose or you like chuck it i just want to go ahead and do it and figure out later on no i never had a purpose there was no purpose it was that aimless wandering around the world to just see what it has to offer right it was never about there was no end goal to it there was no destination to go to and there was no purpose whatsoever it is basically saying okay cool let me take a motorcycle and see where it goes and it kept going on for 5 years from there okay uh, you know because i'm asking these questions because i'm a, a very strong proponent of break here 
uh, and for it to have some purpose if not on day one over a period of time because taking a year break year lazing around and running away from responsibility is a criminal waste of time you know uh, you need to have some goal or some purpose um, uh, as you said when you big, uh, started uh, you just wanted to take a break from your monotony and wanted to have a unique experience probably that itself was a purpose but can you also help uh, unravel over a period of next 5 years how did it evolve and how did you plan about making this a five year journey because that's a huge time period you know of taking a break uh, because people generally uh, would take a break for one year or probably two years this is like five year so it needs to have some purpose right otherwise it is very unsustainable very true i think on day one there was no purpose because i also wanted the journey to let the purpose reveal to me rather than me going with a set goal right uh, the reason why i say this is also this uh, the moment you kind of go with an end objective or a purpose saying i want to become a better person in this travel right uh, you're kind of shutting your other experiences that's going to come to you so the the thing is it's going to be a horse with the two side uh, walls that's going to have right? so it's just going to be very focused when you're doing that rather i did the ulta where i basically said let me kind of go put myself out there let the universe kind of tell me what the purpose is of the journey is right and on day one i don't think purpose is very necessary the the purpose might just be saying that let me just let myself be open enough to let new experiences come to me and that's the start the moment you kind of start that the journey kind of defines the purpose more and more so for me the purpose eventually became over the course of 5 years was uh, unlearning right and getting to know myself better the i basically did 46 countries and i had ridden close to 300000 kilometers plus or minus right I, i never kept a count but that would be the number right but every passing kilometer every passing uh, destination the journey was never about seeing more landscape seeing more things but it's about getting to know myself better so it was a inward journey than an outward journey to begin with right and uh, the people that i've met have kind of shaped me the person that i am today uh, in the sense i have taken something of all these people the goodness of all these people that i have met over this 5 years has kind of helped me to be the person that i am today you can see a reflection of all these people uh, in me right and uh, to answer your question of uh, how did i end up at 5 years it was never a plan right on day 1 it was basically saying we'll go one more day from here the 8 months plan also was never a 8 months plan it just i just said i want to ride there was no destination there was no end limit to any of this so i said let's take it one day at a time right so the five years was always broken down to one day at a time it was never like saying okay at the end of this i'll start this uh, when i finished the india ride and came back i realized that i have more money in my bank account than what i started with because of the brands and stuff and i said let me basically just do one more trip and then one more trip became one more trip to one more trip which ended up in five years Hmm. and also the whole trip paused because not because i wanted to pause uh, pandemic happened i had to come back for my best friend's wedding in india i was supposed to go back to alaska in 2020 and uh, basically pandemic happened so i stayed back otherwise april 4th was my ticket booked to alaska okay uh, interestingly the two uh, things that you mentioned number one you mentioned that uh, you had a small dream and your mom uh, made you think bigger that itself is a you know very very unusual thing to happen parents actually encouraging you to take that break here uh, so what was running in your mom's mind 
to be very honest oh my god uh, i i really say that uh, they are the, they performed a social experiment on me while i was growing up okay <laughs> and uh, i don't see it any other way uh, so i'll give you some sort of back story of their thinking or thought process right so when i was in school there were three rules that they followed okay uh, in terms of education and exams and stuff rule number 1 was whenever i basically fail an exam i get taken out to the best restaurant in town and uh, i get to eat i get to choose the restaurant and i get to eat whatever i want to eat because she says failure is inevitable so let's celebrate it and let's kind of be happy about it and not sulk about it right number 2 is whenever i get zero in an exam i get whatever i want in life so i basically can ask for an xbox and i get it because i got a zero in an exam because my mom's philosophy was a person who knows nothing is the most absolute state to be at and she was happy her son was that and she also knows that i can't sit in an exam hall for 2 and a half hours quietly i'll rewrite the question paper 3 times i'll get half a mark for that so getting zero is more difficult than getting 100 and i was always conditioned to get zero than getting 100 right uh, the third rule was whenever i failed an exam uh, sorry whenever i finished the exam whatever mark i got dad had this rule that if i get anything more than 40% Uh, in a exam i was never allowed inside the house he, uh, because the simple questioning was this uh, 40 is the passing mark why are you writing more who are you trying to impress right so there have been lot of uh, panchayat in front of my house when um, i've gotten 80% in an exam and my dad used to be like you cannot enter this house your job is to get 40 because they kind of saw school as a different medium right they thought school was not just about academics not just about getting marks in exam they thought school is a place where you make friends school is a place where you play Cultures, all of this. You experience life a little different. So, with this backstory, I really think it was a no-brainer for them. And I told that I wanted. To... Uh, I don't know if this backstory will be inspiring for a lot of parents or traumatizing for them. <laughs> Imagine, uh, you know, kids gaming and getting everything uh, that they want by scoring a zero. Uh, today's kids are very smart, yeah. by the way. So, uh, but interesting, interesting. Yeah, please go ahead. No, it it is very different upbringing in that way, right? I mean, it worked for me. I'm not saying it's a one size fit all that might work for everybody. So for me, uh, their thought process was this: when I said I want to travel, I when I, even when I told I want to travel across India, when I said at 21, right? Mum's um, one question was: if you're thinking, think big. Why are you thinking small, right? And she was a voracious reader, so she used to read a lot of books, right? And she used to tell me stories as a kid, saying that in uh, Austria there used to be this open chess uh, field in the park where people used to come play chess. And I really wish you should go and ex- experience that one day and all of that. So it is all seeded at some degree thanks to her uh, reading and her thought process to begin with. But as I say, they they did a social experiment and it worked. but i personally feel she was she never could she never could travel right when she was growing up she had a lot of responsibilities and everything so she said that's the best way that you can shape yourself up so just go for it hmm okay interesting the second thing that i wanted to talk about is that you spoke about 5 years you spoke about you starting with 5000 but also you mentioned that at the end of one year you had more money in your bank account So where did the equation of money come into the picture and how did you make this sustaining self sustaining uh, travel possible for yourself Sure so i mean on day 1 i had zero plans i mean i had no clue right again uh, there was no purpose to begin with so travel was just to say let me figure this out but what happened was uh, a friend of mine was working at tripoto at that time 
she said i'll write an article about you of your journey right so i told okay cool i'm going to write around india for 8 months write an article at that time she said no 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 8 months in india and all is not going to work out tell me some random number of countries that you think uh, i should put right and i was watching moto gp so i said 4 to 6 because valentino rossi right <laughs> so <laughs> the the article was uh, uh, indian uh, 21 year old indian guy um is riding to 46 countries is not like she didn't write it as was planning to ride to 46 countries but she said is riding across 46 countries right so that got enough traction at that time in 2016 it got a million view on the article by itself and uh, my instagram got a sizable amount of followers yeah. so which is basically at that time around 20 20000 and 25000 and uh, few friends of mine who were working in different brands just called me and said Hey, do you want to like endorse us or like you know take our products and go and we'll pay you money for that? And I didn't know this existed, right? So Wrangler was the first brand, and they said we they had a new denim, and they said we'll just give you this denim, ride it for I mean use it for the entire ride. Once you come back, we just want to use it for test case, and we'll pay. I'm like great. Then I had I mean I still have a beard. I had a beard at that time as well. So I called Ustra and I told Ustra that uh, boss, I have a beard and I'm traveling across India for eight months. Do you want to? uh fund my beard and uh, they said that's the most bizarre call that we ever got but sure why not and uh, that happened right and then bunch of other brands came so money got sorted out without even me realizing it got sorted out and i didn't know how much i had but the time i came back from the trip and saw i had a lot of more money and i realized that okay cool i can create content for brand and i can create uh moments for these brands and that would eventually help me to travel more and this was influencing day one right 2016 is not a big deal at that time so your cpv your cpc and all never mattered it was about saying get there go do what you want to do your cost per view cost per click was not an equation at all they said create content so that's how i ended up with more money and that's how i kept ending up with more money in every trip that i went to interesting um also uh, when you started all of this um while your parents are so cool uh, you've had a very good experimental upbringing i'm sure you would have had fears in your mind uh, because you're traversing an unconventional path uh, what what were these what were these fears did you have any backup plans or a safety net if things did not work out uh, how how did this all uh, can you throw some light actually it's very interesting right that's why i also kind of encourage people to start doing this at a very young age because the world view and kind of the the risk taking ability is more right i never had a fear at that time because i didn't know what i should be fearing about right because now i'm 29 and at this time if you ask me the same question the answer might be very different but at 21 i didn't know what i'm losing out on i have not tasted a corporate money i have not tasted uh like great success in life so the failure and success line was very thin to begin with one number two is um, i had so much room to basically say let me just go and experiment and see there is nothing to lose at that age right so the fear factor was very little i i, I didn't know what a backup plan should be because i thought leaving a startup and starting this is the black backup plan right uh, so that is number one number two is um, at that age i was not even sure what and where like i mean i still have this joke with my mom saying that uh, my school teacher vandana mam who was also my principal but she was my geography teacher 
she always comes and complains saying that rohit is the worst geography student ever right if you at that time in school if you ask me <laughs> where is delhi i'd be pointing out somewhere around like meghalaya or mizoram or somewhere because i was so bad at it right so i just took it upon me saying that listen let me just go and plot the map by myself right and that was it there was no like uh, major fear because i didn't know what to expect out of the trip to begin with and i don't know what i'm going to lose out of it because with 5000 rupees in your bank account uh, you already don't have anything right so you are the person who don't have much in your life to begin with so now you are just going and seeing and if it fails cool like in the uh, movie sudhakaram they say you know the last uh, point that vijay sethupathi kind of articulates to people he says uh, if it doesn't work out it's okay shamelessly come back and do, start doing what you're doing and literally that's what happened and I, I mean, thankfully for me, it just worked out and worked out and worked out, and I kept continuing doing that. Uh, but what were your backup plans if it did not work out? Was there any safety net? No, nothing. Because parents on day one, when I told them this, I'm going to do this, they're like, one thing is very clear: we are not going to fund your travel because till school, college, we took care of you. That's all. After twenty one, you're on your own, right? There's no like financial support that you can expect from us. which was great because i became independent at that time even when i was running my startup i kind of started spending on my own and i started building my own sort of lifestyle right uh so i never had a safety net number one number two is there was no backup plan also because i didn't know what will i do if i come back because i was not thinking that far ahead i said i'm going to go on a ride and i took one day at a time so for me the safety net never existed to begin with or the backup plan never existed <laughs> hmm and uh, you know at that age uh, your peer group they're working they you know getting their paychecks they're partying they're socializing and you are on a road trip all alone uh, did you ever feel left out no yeah because whenever these guys used to call and they used to say that bro i'm envious of your life and i really wish i had the courage to do what you're doing uh kind of compensated for that i think but i also think there was a big void in people right they i mean they were doing this but they always aspired to do something else right so for me uh, i never had a, a stigma saying that oh i'm missing out on all the funds i'm missing out on my formative years because i think at somewhere i read about anthony bodin saying your 20s has to be spent traveling right and anthony bodin is a big inspiration in over the years for travel and everything so for me it just stuck with me i said let me and it was not like i was not partying i was not uh, socializing and chilling the motorcycle ride was solo the moment i reached a destination i had at least a whole village sitting next to me and hearing my stories and talking about it and everything and i think it traces back to one more story when i was a kid right this mom had recreated at some time so i stay in 8th street and my grandmom's house is in 7th street and uh, i used to take this tricycle when i was 2 and 1/2 3 years old and ride the tricycle from my house to their house all by myself my mom used never used to be around me right so when i used to go apparently a lot of people used to wave at me and smile at me and be happy for me riding the tricycle by myself right and uh, at somewhere some at some point it kind of hit me that uh, others happiness is can be seen when you do what you do the best right if i'm happy doing what i'm doing without any enshacklement or any sort of restriction everyone is going to be just waving at you and be happy for that as well right and i think that kind of rubbed off when i started traveling i never could put myself in front of any of my friends who were working who were earning a handsome salary because my journey was different in my head i wanted to figure out what i want to be who i am and all of that so that's how that went about 
ఓకే ఇంట్రెస్టింగ్ కెన్ యూ డబుల్ క్లిక్ ఆన్ యూనో వాట్ యూ స్పోక్ అబౌట్ యాంటనీ బోర్డెన్ అండ్ యూ షుడ్ స్పెండ్ యువర్ ట్వంటీస్ ట్రావెలింగ్ దట్ థాట్ కెన్ యూ డబుల్ క్లిక్ ఆన్ దట్ బెట్ బికాస్ దట్ సీన్స్ టు ఇన్ఫ్లుయెన్స్ యూ అట్ Oh, definitely. I think a uh, lot of these people, right? Anthony Bourdain is one. Uh, Motorcycle Diaries was another very big inspiration. Uh, for my 12th or 13th birthday, my dad gave me the book. Uh, and I read that and I always wanted to go to South America, which we'll touch upon eventually. But uh, Bourdain played a huge role, yeah. Because uh, I used to see Paths Unknown uh, when I was right after college or a little later, right? And I'd be like, who is this guy? Just going around eating food and, you know, living a very chill life. And his philosophies about travel has kind of... shape me in terms of what i would also want to see the world in right because all these guys i mean let it be bukowski let it be anthony bourdain all these people they never said travel as a mean of escape right they said that's the reality you go through that and that's how you see the world right and that's a way of living so i kind of didn't see travel i didn't ever treated travel as an escape maybe on day one i'd have said let me just explore this as a thing but the moment i hit the road it was always the reality or my way of living number one number 2 is uh, when you basically see someone like bodine who kind of tells you that travel you don't uh, plan for your travel but be little prepared in whatever things right that kind of helped me a lot because i never planned a trip even today if you ask me uh, what my next trip is and how am i planning the planning is very little there but the mental conditioning is very important because if i'm going to run like how i'm going to go through a country or a particular stretch in my head i would either be disappointed or overwhelmed with the thing but with going with zero expectations and finding that balance there kind of helps me to live the moment and just take it for what it is right so i think that way people like bodine shape me a lot and i think his death kind of shook took a long time for me to recover i don't need, i don't even know whether i still recovered out of it but uh, the perspectives from them has kind of enriched and shaped me also in whatever way i am hmm great any any books that you recommend for the gen z on this oh zen and the art of motorcycle zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance <laughs> read it <laughs> keep it close to you <laughs> that will give you a different perspective i think that will kind of take you a long way once you finish reading that so that is that would be my first recommendation and my only recommendation to start with <laughs> okay now that we have established that you're going to give boomer advice can you for the current sure. generation uh somebody taking a break here right now what would be your cheat sheet of do's and don'ts for them to survive monetize and come out as a better individual with lifelong lessons uh you can tell the duration whatever whatever you think is a cheat sheet i would love for our listeners to kind of hear that sure i think number one is again as i said uh be prepared for situations in the sense if you can be mentally prepared and kind of condition yourself to saying whatever adverse or whatever great thing is going to happen i'm going to soak it all in but never go extensive on planning something right uh, the plan will happen the road will lead you to the next destination the road will kind of make you meet people uh, make you take the journey forward you don't have to do that uh, and leave the trust on the universe uh, it never disappoints if you plan then that might i mean at least for me that's what it is it would have restricted to a limit but because i left everything for the universe to take care of i think the journey went a little far ahead for me right uh, in terms of advice i really think just do it don't question don't think 
uh, I know at 21 when you're going to look around, a lot of people have been speaking to you about the career and you missing out one very critical year of your life or even when you're like, you know, right after school, when you're 18, people are going to say, everyone is going to take a, I don't know, have a, have an advantage if you don't do this, as in maybe say, if you don't do college when you're 18, uh, all your peers are going to have one year advantage over you. Uh, I don't believe in that. I really think uh, you you would get a lot more experience and a lot more uh, perspectives from the world, which is going to help you to scale greater heights. So never compare yourself first. Okay, even if you don't, it's a great experiment for you to do it. It's a, it's a it's a story that you can tell your grandkids if you ever have that uh, thing to go with, right? Uh, number two, the way you're going to come back after the trip. I think uh, Cinema Paradiso has that uh, thing, right? The the line where he says, uh, once you kind of travel around the world, uh, see other things, and you come back here, uh, nothing might have changed, but you have changed, right? And I really think that is how it is. Uh, the world around you might still be the same. Your friends are going to be the same. Your parents are going to be the same. But you would have changed. And that's, that's very important. Uh, number two is, uh, I think, just have a vague idea of what you want to do and just hit the road. Let it be motorcycle, let it be hitchhiking, let it be backpacking. It doesn't matter. The means doesn't matter, right? The tool is always the easier thing to figure. For me, I fell in love with motorcycle because I love travel, right? Maybe I would have fallen in love with cars. I would have done the same thing with that uh, in whatever way. Uh, so the tool doesn't matter. Just, I mean, don't think, just do it. That's number one. Uh, number two is... Uh, don't over prepare or don't over plan the whole trip uh, just take it as it comes and soak it in and you don't have to have an end date also to it right because again for all you know if you start creating content along the way uh, it might lead up a different journey altogether it might open up a different world together but never start the whole journey also with the fact saying that i want to make content i want to hit 100000 followers or 200000 followers because then you're traveling for the content right i always say the byproduct of travel should be content uh, and that's when you're going to enjoy the travel uh, if you start going on the journey with content first the travel becomes a byproduct then you're not going to have the fun of travel so these would be my base i mean i'm very bad at giving advice to people because <laughs> i have kind of never gotten much uh, to begin with but uh, from my life lessons this is what i would say just go there in the world that we live in right now it's very very interesting times to just step put yourself out there and meet people i mean i this conversation is happening because of travel right like i kind of came to you in 2017 and told you about that much i want to do this uh, europe trip and let's kind of chat about it it kind of opened up and we know each other for like six seven years now right and mm -hmm. i there are a lot of people like this uh, who have met because of travel and that kind of shaped the whole journey a little more interesting great and uh... Uh, also from a financial perspective, how do you monetize this or how do you fund this or how do you make this sustainable that one year? Do you think parents should support this or you should do it on your own? Like some thoughts on that. I mean, to each their own. Uh, if the parents are extremely supportive, uh, then I think that's the easiest way for you to get there. Uh, because, I mean, parents are also not going to give you the luxurious budget to begin with. right? They're not going to tell you go stay in five-star hotels and shut yourself there you know, have fun. That is wailing away time for me. You're still going to get money to go to a hostel. You're still going to take a bus or, you know, uh, or take a bike and travel around. So that's going to be very limited budget, but it's going to open up a lot of things in that way. Uh, but if you want to sustain yourself, there are multiple ways, right? So one is uh, you can volunteer in hostels uh, and basically you can trade your 
time for food and uh, stay which is basically there are three components in your travel one is food the other one is stay the other one is transportation if you can cover these three things irrespective of you plan a 20 year road trip irrespective of you planning a one month road trip these are the three places that you're going to spend the majority of the money on right uh, so i would say hostels is one thing or like different places that you can kind of uh, write to them and say that hey i want to work with you in terms of like say for example in bir if you want to be in a paragliding school you can tell them that listen i can come and spend a month with you and uh, help you with these things in return just give me a place to stay and food to eat and maybe help me uh take the glides and l- let me learn how to paraglide right so things kind of like that help for sure and the opportunities kind of come to you right when when you're on the road when you kind of see especially in today's time i'm seeing a lot of people hitchhiking around uh, india uh 10 years ago that was not a thing at all right i mean hitchhiking was kind of unheard of in india as a means of traveling to like a long distance travel sort of thing uh but it it's all progressed it's all changed and also uh you have a mobile phone yeah you have your laptop now which is your powerful weapon i mean i i really sound like a boomer uncle because i remember in 2011 <laughs> when i did uh, himalayas for the first time i used to go to a pco in manali and call uh, my then girlfriend and we used to talk on the phone for hours right and uh, but now it's it's not the case you can just you have access to everything uh, right so i really think with the monetization that you can do with your phones with your skills that you have uh and your laptops these days is way too much so there is the means of earning money when you're traveling has become super easy like digital nomad is a legit thing now i mean countries give you visa easily for digital nomads rather than people who are going to say that i want to apply for a tourist visa right so i think progressively those things help for sure okay great uh, i know you touched upon the touched upon this also but when did you decide to end your break year and get back to full time job how did that decision happen and how was the transition more importantly a uh, decision happened because of pandemic that is not my <laughs> personal choice uh 2020 uh, jan i came back to india for my best friend's wedding i was in ushuaia in argentina i had a choice between uh, going to antarctica on a cruise uh, or coming to india for the wedding i had literally that much of money and both the, the thing the flights costed the same and uh, the antarctica cruise got costed the same uh i came back and uh, because i thought my friend will get married only once which is still true you never still know <laughs> you never know but yeah no no they're happily in uh, good good marriage so i'm good i'm glad but uh, so i came back for the wedding and uh, i was supposed to re uh, start the trip uh, go to us pick up a bike ride up to alaska and then ride down to central america and uh, april 4th was my ticket and march 23rd was pandemic as in like the lockdown started right uh, so obviously at that time you couldn't travel so i was in bangalore i was kind of like helping out volunteering in all the places that i could and everything uh there were pockets of things that were opening up like you could get the first set of travel to go to maldives or wherever all right think there are certain countries that opened up and stuff but for me at that time it felt a little insensitive when people were surviving for life and uh, i was sitting and traveling would not go down too well on myself so i said let's kind of take a pause right so till 2022 the pause was there i never thought of traveling or anything at 2022 the cliffhanger was this uh, do i want to uh again get back to the ride of the motorcycling or do i kind of be in a city and can i experience this because at some point i also didn't want to miss out on the chance of working 
uh, right in a city uh, having a, a rented apartment where i could stay uh, have the social circle to know what this also feels like because right out of college i did this and i could spend the remaining 5 years there then 2 years of pandemic so i never got that social interaction of what a city life could be right uh, the design yeah. was super easy because if the if the first love was travel the second love was movies right and i met a bunch of very interesting folks at uh, do creative labs who were supposed to edit my south america documentary that's how i met them but then we hit the synergies a little beyond that one particular piece of documentary and we said uh, you know what i think we should just join hands together and build some interesting content so it's an art film house uh, started as an art film house but uh, now we do long format uh, content like web series and feature films and stuff right so it was great for me because for me the creative process is also something that i really enjoy i love uh, kind of uh, exploring more on uh, what are the creative avenues to let this uh, flow and uh, also another reason was i think the whole influencer market kind of changed in 2016 there was lot of genuine authentic voices that was there but nowadays it's about the trends and the reels and stuff which i could never relate to uh, so i said it's okay let me kind of do this for a little longer and see how this life goes for a while so yeah okay super um uh, let's shift away from all of this gyan now uh, you know we never got yeah. to talk about your five year journey as such so your break here i would want unfiltered uh, you know so called reels or live feed or post or whatever <laughs> stories you can talk i would want us our listeners to you know kind of uh, live your five year uh, break year experience spice it up as much as you want oh my god and you can also talk about the tinder dates and what not oh <laughs> sure um i i don't know how long we have for this because a long long story but okay let me start with india right right okay we'll take india little bit of europe and then do south america and i'll touch upon like four interesting things yeah. so india right there were only two rules that i kind of kept to myself rule number 1 was never stay in a hotel or a hostel uh, stay in people's house because when you kind of go to a hotel you shut yourself from the reality of what that city has to offer or that place has to offer so i always stayed in random strangers house that basically meant uh, either someone from social media reaching out to me and saying i'm in this town you can come and stay in my house or there are times i've also been i've knocked people door and said i don't have a place to stay can i stay in your house for a night mm-hmm. everything has worked out when i never had any of this i used to stay in petrol pump police station bus stop railway station right uh, number 2 was uh, learn do one new job in each state that i was in right uh, what this meant was uh, when i was a kid i always wanted to be the guy who used to go put newspapers to different people's house because at somewhere i read warren buffett did this when he was 13 and i also wanted to try it out to experience it right never got the chance to do it because in my neighborhood people were like no 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 rohit cannot write cycle and put newspaper and all uh, how is it possible and all of that it was not the parents but is the neighborhood basically uh, so the 28 states which i was traveling to they did new one new job in each state so i was basically uh, Uh, someone who was selling sundal in one in one of the beaches i was uh, an ice cream seller one day because as a kid i was always fascinated with how can ice cream seller not eat eat all the ice creams because if i was a seller i would have eat all, eaten all the ice creams right so i wanted to know how that feels so i did that uh, i was a farmer i was a truck cleaner i used to work in a, a parotta shop in kerala so and in a daba i used to work for a bit so all this kind of helped me to shape uh, 
I mean, it, it was good to experience all this. Yeah, there was no uh, uh, purpose for this. Did I make money out of this? Absolutely not. Uh, right, but there was a new skill. I mean, if I have to put my resume down, I've never uh, written a resume in my life. Uh, I hope I never do. But when I do, I think all these uh, <laughs> skills also kind of adds to it. Uh, right, the twenty-eight jobs would technically come in that uh, resume sheet for sure. So that was uh, India. Uh, and uh, uh, how Europe much your really... how much your eight months cost you? Eight months would have costed me around uh, at that time a lakh, I think. Hmm. So inflation, yeah. inflation I mean, adjusted, maybe about uh, one and a half lakhs or two lakhs now. Okay, eight months. Tops. Tops. So, yeah, that I that's mean, like uh, fifteen. Yeah, that's like uh, ten, twelve thousand a month. Hmm. Yeah. Why I'm also saying that is because. As I said, I'm breaking it down to the three things, which is your travel. So for me, my bike uh, drank fuel like there was no tomorrow, right? So it is a 500 cc Royal Enfield. So it drank a lot of uh, uh, fuel. Uh, number two was I never paid money for my stay, uh, and my food is also free. So technically, if you see, my major spends is on uh, this thing. I mean, obviously, I spent on foods whenever I used to travel with other people or like eat in dabas and stuff. I used to pay for it. So food and petrol were the pretty much and maintenance of the bike were the pretty basic cost for eight months. So I would say yeah, a lakh and a half or two is a good number to keep right okay. now for a one year break here in in India. Okay. Uh, now so we, after India, yeah, obviously, yeah. Uh, Next is no, no, Europe. Yeah, you're flying to Europe. Uh, right? Europe, yeah. yeah. So yeah, Europe was uh, very interesting. Again, I picked up a bike and all of that, but uh, I got one interesting brand deal, which was with uh, Tinder, right? So the brand deal was very simple. Uh, we basically agreed upon saying, uh, "Let me." I'm going. To, I was going to twenty-eight countries in Europe for like eight, nine months at that time, and uh, the deal was go on one date with one person from each of these countries, right? And write about two things. What do they think? Of, what is dating according to them in their culture is number two. What do they think about dating a bearded Indian Indian man? Right. Tell me so, honestly. Uh, even if you didn't get that brand deal, you would have done that for free, no? I would have definitely done it for free, and I really think I should have still done it for free because uh, dating as a profession is a very bad idea, right? Because it is. Uh, it, it you have to write a report after that. I should not want to do, right? Uh, so. When this deal happened, uh, and I did Spain and I did France and I I think I did uh, Portugal, and I said I can't do this. So I called Tinder and I said, Masan, listen, I I don't think we can do this because it's getting too taxing. Because when you make this as a profession, it becomes very very hectic, uh, and you have to like plan this out and all of this. So I said I'm not doing this. Um, cut to me in uh, Croatia. I was riding from Hungary. I rode to Croatia. Um, bike ran out of fuel. Okay, park the bike on the side. In those countries, as you know, uh, you can't push your bike to the petrol station. You have to call the tow service. They'll come and tow your bike, put it in the petrol station, then you can refill your thing. Uh, so I called the tow service, and they said uh, we are super busy today. You stand there only for the next two hours. We'll come. Okay, so I'm like cool. So I was waiting. Didn't know what to do. Started swiping on Tinder. Found this girl, and uh, she texted me saying, "What's up?" Said nothing. Stuck in middle of the road, and she's like, "Where?" I sent the location, and she said, "Oh, that's like two kilometers from my place. Let me come." And she came with uh, a gallon of fuel and uh, a sandwich. So Basically, Tinder little... or Dunzo? What was it? Yeah, it was Tinder at that time. Dunzo was not existent. 
but also we went on a date after that right so i think uh, it added up uh, as a combo package but um, i think uh, yeah we went to one of the fuel stations sat there and the next day i took her out for a dinner so when i told this i mean i just wrote to dinner saying that hey this was very cool man thanks a lot for the app at that time and they said hey can we just publish this article so that went viral uh, it went viral to the point where french national television did a, a story on me for valentine's day on different ways of finding love right so and this was seen by my mom's friend who is in france uh, who is in nurse and this was in the tv and she sent this to my mom and my mom is like i told you to leave this country for this only you bring some trouble or the other every day now you're doing this in france also and people are calling me and belting me for this <laughs> no but also also all in good humor so yeah. i think um, that was europe yeah uh, south america is a beast uh, i mean so now that we have flown to south america let me highlight a couple of things okay one is uh, i had dinner with pablo escobar's brother what so, is saying yeah <laughs> so i mean it's one of those things where uh, we basically uh, were doing a documentary and the documentary also started because we never knew anything right so me and this friend of mine sukesh did the trip for 6 months together then i traveled a year and a half by myself so when we both uh, were there we just said sukesh is a dop and he's also a scuba diving instructor he's also a paddy surfer instructor he does underwater uh, filming and all of this he's now shooting in bombay for some big directors and all of that so when sukesh came on this trip we both did this trip we said i mean my theory to him was very simple there are so many people in south america macha and everyone will have one story okay all we need to find is four people who have stories that we can put it together right but uh, i obviously missed out the most important point that you need to know spanish when you're in south america and i didn't know any spanish so we went there we met this one girl juliana who was taking a, a tour a walking tour who spoke english and spanish we took her out for dinner and we asked what's your story her story was very simple she said uh, when i was uh, a kid we used to play a game on the way to school and the game was who saw the least amount of dead bodies on the way to school and i'm like wait what and she's like yeah uh, this was peak of pablo escobar era and a lot of people were getting killed and every person that is in colombia right now has been directly or indirectly affected because of escobar right now um, and then she said uh, then a netflix show came which uh, glorified this guy as a great uh, leader or you know who's caring for his family and stuff and people just came here with t-shirts saying viva escobar and all of this right so for me it kind of took a while because i also seen narcos and i've kind of uh, seen that in whatever lens that i saw it at that time and as a neutral viewer but then when this happened i said wait i think we should just get into the tea of this and kind of understand what the locals perspective is about escobar and also what's the general mass the travelers perspective or tourist perspective is so embarked on this journey of documenting a lot of people uh, about what do they think about escobar and everything and that led me to escobar's brother uh, i obviously cannot tell what he told me <laughs> on this whole thing of what which side he stands uh, for sure but it is a good it is a very fun time i mean we went and had dinner off camera then he spoke a little bit in front of camera but it was it was good fun so that was one uh another i think i think this should be the final cliffhanger story i don't know uh, i mean you can cut it out if uh, it is not suitable for the audience mostly but um, i was riding in argentina this is bolivia argentina border and uh, i was riding to argentina with a german friend of mine he had just started traveling he had no clue about 
uh, world travel or south america on a motorcycle and everything so i said can i just shadow you for like few days i said yeah man sure let's do it so we both were riding and i never used maps right so when even when me and sukesh used to go we used to toss coin if it's heads we used to go east if it's tails we used to go west that's how we used to pick directions and head towards somewhere so we kept going and we stopped in front of a village to find where is our campsite on iowalander and we were just uh, looking through the phone and checking our notifications a small kid okay who's like 13 years old came in front of us like 200 meters in front of us uh, pulled a gun from his pocket and said uh, give me all your money and i told this guy that dude uh, listen you don't know spanish number one number two is you have not been in the situations because i've been in gun situations in indonesia in uh, uh, italy and i think one more place i forgot but indonesia and italy i remember very well i've been in gun situations before so i told him i can handle this so chill so i told him just sit on the bike so i got off the bike i told this guy i could speak spanish by then because year and a half in south america you are inevitably you can your duolingo cannot help you but throw yourself in south america and you will learn spanish for sure <laughs> right uh, so i i was talking to this kid and negotiating saying that hey listen i can put the money on the floor but if it flies away you can't blame me all of this and i'm just walking towards him walking towards him the kid lost his uh, cool and he just uh, yelled at me saying that can you just shut up and throw the money or keep the money on the floor or whatever this german guy got scared and he got off the bike and he's 6 foot 4 the kid got scared the german guy is going to come and attack him with me kid just pulled the trigger and the bullet just missed me by like a few meters so yeah so there was like i almost missed a gunshot and uh, as much as people say your whole life flashes in front of your eyes when it's coming towards you nothing happened i'm like i could i couldn't speak i couldn't speak for the next uh, 10 days so my first vipassana was uh, again i didn't plan for it but uh, life threw me into it and i basically went to a mountain in patagonia in one of the uh, mountains uh, not the torres del paine world much more earlier so i basically spent 10 days just making coffee in the morning going walking around coming back just sitting with my thought couldn't write couldn't do anything uh, couldn't listen to music couldn't do anything after 10 days i called my mom and i started crying and she's like it's okay will figure <laughs> so that was that and also so yeah that that was one very interesting story the i think another thing that i could touch upon is uh, ayahuasca in south america was again life changing uh, that can be a separate podcast altogether but uh, yeah, i did it seven times and i think that kind of was life altering in a lot of ways to get perspectives so uh, what are next life plans uh, and how does travel feature in that uh, will you consider uh, going back to traveling again and will it be solo or you'll have a potential partner a few <laughs> future partner and all is a distant dream <laughs> but uh, it's it's all it's, it's the solo thing is very different yeah i think uh, uh, riding a motorcycle by yourself is very different from having a pillion or also riding with a riding partner is very different uh, it definitely travel is there in the pipeline uh, i think 2025 is when uh, the next uh, right that i want to go and i also have this habit of not taking this short two day breaks or three day breaks or a month break and everything uh, if we do it nadicha hero and the madri if we do it uh, yeah he hit it out of the park this america map plan all doesn't suit for us um, so i basically am planning a 108 country road trip uh, for 5 years this is uh, a proper round the world trip covering all the continents uh, again motorcycling uh, starting from alaska all the way around the world is the plan um as a slow travel proponent myself uh, and a digital nomad now 
I'm able to relate to a lot of things you spoke about and wishing you all the best for the future plans. I hope to kind of ride with you at, if not one or eight, well, probably one or two countries. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we should, we should definitely plan it up. Thank you so much for having me, man. I mean, it's absolute pleasure. It's been a while since I spoke about travel and all of this uh, to anybody in this length. So I'm very grateful for the opportunity and I'm really looking forward to coming back with more stories to you. This wraps up this episode of the Bucket List Project Podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode and listening to Rohit's very colorful experience and his perspectives on Brachia. Uh, are you considering a Brachia yourself uh, or you want to give it a shot? Maybe listen to this podcast uh, would definitely help you uh, find some answers, if not all. Um, and yeah, we hope to bring more such interesting topics for you in the coming days. Uh, so if you liked uh, what you listened to, then please do subscribe to our podcast, which is available both in Spotify and Apple. See you next week. And until then, have a great time.